<laughs> but I am going to read to you from the Bible, Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 14. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring grace and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. Amen. Thank you. That's the word of the Lord. Well... Oh, I have too many things in my hands with this microphone now. I'm going to steal this thing. Plans change. Hey, we can do this without microphones too, right? Not for those online. I could yell loud, but not that loud. Get my dad voice on. You know what the dad voice is, right? Yeah, I won't do that to you. Well... It's the word of the Lord. We're in Ephesians today, chapter 1, so you can open your Bibles there if you have your Bibles with you. And if you are online, guess what? You can pause the video and go get one. So that's a bonus. Um, We've been doing sermon notes the last, well, this is week two. If you missed um, ushers at the back, would you be willing to, if anybody wants a little sheet of sermon notes, you can raise your hand and we can grab you one. There's some fill in the blanks. Yeah, Tom needs one here. Thanks. And uh, there's some fill in the blanks. And Oh, and Jody. And Lynn. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good test to see if I know everybody's name here or not. So we're in Ephesians chapter 1. And Jody just read, it's a, it's a big chunk of scripture, verses 3 through 14. And... Um, before we jump right into this, I want to say this. I have a lot of things that I want to say. 
And I know that the Holy Spirit has a lot of things he wants to say, and I only want the second. And I know you only need the second, and I hope you only want the second. So if we would bow our heads and just ask the Lord, Lord, would you come and speak through your word to your people? But Lord, it's not, not about you convincing. We need to be ready to receive as well. And so, Lord, as we do come and submit un, under your word today, would you give us the mind of Christ? Wisdom, revelation, Lord, would you guide my tongue? I trust that you can do it, and we need you, and we want you. So, Lord, go before us now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, and all the way to 14, it's amazing we, we talked last week about how the first half of Ephesians is really Paul laying out very systematically. He's laying out the gospel. He very clearly lays out the gospel for people in the first three chapters. And in the last three chapters, he says how that gospel affects our life. And the theme in Ephesians is new life, new life in Christ. And that's exciting. We have new life if you are in Christ. And we are in Christ if you have faith. In Jesus. Not only if you believe that he existed, but if you have faith that he is the Son of God, you have yielded your life to him, you have repented. Remember, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, was Jesus' message for three and a half years. And so if you are in Christ, you have repented, you have come to him, you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good. That's, if you hear nothing else and you're not any of those things yet, God is desperately wants you. <laughs> and he has so much good for you. Let's read verse three. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right there, you have two persons of the Trinity, God, the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that in verse 14 or in verse 13, it ends with the, with the promised Holy Spirit. The Trinity is so involved in us being born again. They all have a part to play. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all have a part to play in our lives. Blessed. It starts with worship. It starts with honoring God for what he's done. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He has blessed us if you are in Christ. If you are in Christ. I, I feel silly sometimes talking to a group of, well, if we include everybody in this church, there's a couple hundred people, and, and I feel silly sometimes because we're all in different places. How do you speak and say that certain promises of God are true for you? Because... And chances are, some of us in this room, some of us online, aren't in Christ. We looked last week at to the saints in Ephesus who are faithful in Christ Jesus. There are people that have not been faithful to Christ Jesus. So I just want to start with this morning, we're going to look at the blessings that it is to be in Christ, but I want to make sure that you are in Christ. 
I really want to make sure that you're there. And, and if I have a hope, my number one hope for this morning is that you would see and understand that there is a reality to the spiritual life in Jesus that many don't enter into because of confusion or fear or honestly just lack of faith. My hope is, would be to increase our expectation for what the Lord has done and will do because he has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This is the gospel. We didn't deserve it. It says he chose us. It was Jesus that lavished, lavishly poured out grace upon us is what it says. This is the gospel, and he's given us every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing. And so heavenly places is this weird word. That's the first uh, blank on your notes there. We'll get into rhythm here, and then I'll stop giving you cues like that. But uh, we're, we're new at this, so... Um, Heavenly places is this weird, like, thing that sometimes, you know, those, like, preachers, you know, like the, the ones that yell around, they say heavenlies a lot. You know, you know, you know the types, and you're like, start yelling, ah! start yelling at you, you know, stuff like that. Over, a little bit, like, overly spiritual folks. Oh, come on. You don't know the types? All right. Or maybe you're looking at, you're all quiet because you're like, yeah, that's you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, no. Um, but heavenly places, it, it's this like, it's this churchy kind of weird phrase that do we actually like think about like what it means? And heavenly places simply means it's, it's a place of spiritual activity. So we don't think of it like a place um, like you would go to the shopping mall, like the heavenly places. So in, when you read the Bible, you see heaven used, and it's used in different ways, isn't it? We see that the the heavens belong to the Lord. And in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And that's talking about the sky, the atmosphere. Uh, beautiful sunrise this morning, if you caught it. Um, the Lord made that. But that is talking about the actual atmosphere sky. And that says that God dwells in heaven. It is his dwelling place. In John, I believe it's chapter 7, Jesus is talking with a woman at the well, he says that God is spirit. God is spirit. And so this is, the, this is not so much a physical place, but, a, but you can think of it as a realm, and it's real. It's a reality. There is a physical realm, like what you can see right now. I got a face. You have a face. I won't slap your face. Um. But there's also as much as real as that, there is a spiritual realm, and that is a heavenly place. That's heavenly places. So God lives in heaven. And also there is this heavenly places. Heavenly places is mentioned five times in the book of Ephesians, and it's mentioned here um, that we have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I think if we pause there, and as believers, if you're a believer in Christ, if you could just pause there and stop and say, do I actually believe that? Is how I 
engage with God in my relationship with him, is how I obey him, is how I look at my friends, my brother and sister, is that my boss, my coworker, my employee, is how I look at them out of a place of knowing that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Because that's going to change things. It's going to change things for you. We see that first, and then we move on to, down to still the same chapter, verse 20. Uh, I'll start a verse before. Um, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So somehow, right now, and nobody quite understands or grasps it, somehow right now, Jesus has been raised from the dead. We, we know that. He's ascended to the Father, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places. Yet Jesus is coming back bodily. We don't quite understand that fully, but Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he has, it says, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So right now, that's where Jesus is. He is seated there in this age. That's where Jesus is, in the heavenly places, where spiritual activity is. So then you go down to verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 10. And Paul is talking about how he's sharing with the Gentiles the gospel. And it was to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And you're like, whoa, what? Wait a second. Who are rulers and authorities in the heavenly places? And the honest truth is the Bible doesn't tell us a ton about it. So it would be foolish of me, really, to try to explain it, overly explain it, other than to say there is more happening than we can just see in the spiritual realm. There are angels and there are demons. There is the devil, Satan. And there is God and there is Jesus. Yet we see in chapter 2, verse 6, even, or verse 5, sorry, even when we were dead in our trespasses, because that's what we are in our sin, apart from Jesus. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Christ is raised. So are you if you, are, if you have faith in him. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. raised us up out of our transgressions in this age and the age to come. This, <laughs> I know this is hard for us to grasp, but Holy Spirit, would you give us the understanding? Open the eyes of our hearts. 
as a believer who has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, there is a reality of this, this spiritual realm that we not only get to, but must live in. We are li- you are living in it, whether you acknowledge it or not. And if you don't acknowledge it, then, well, let's go to 6, verse 12. This is the last place that uh, heavenly places is mentioned. This, we know this one, most of us off by heart. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so we get to, <laughs> we get to be in a war. You are in a war, whether you like it or not. And if you're not engaged in the war, you're losing. I'll tell you that. You're losing if you're not engaged in that battle. Um, I, don't know, I don't know everybody in this room. I don't know your familiarity with angels and demons and all these things. And it's, it's it, it tread dangerous territory to try to over-explain it. And we always all need to be humble. I, want to, I just want to tell a couple stories because I think it's... I think it's powerful to know that this isn't just theory, it's actually real, and not everybody has had experience in this area. So, um, standing right here, about 11 years ago, I, uh, I was leading worship, uh, just a young, young, young man. Thanks for letting me do that, by the way, for those of you who are here. Um, and, uh, I just remember it was this time in my life where I was learning to hear the voice of God, and I was learning for the first time that there is this spiritual reality. It's not just a believing in Christ in your head, because I did. I believed that he was who he said he was. I didn't understand that there was this this more in the heavenly realms that we are seated in and have authority in. And so I was in that phase of learning about all this stuff, and the Lord gave me this, this wonderful gift that I'll never forget. I was leading worship right here, playing my own guitar, and all of a sudden, and you are allowed to discern this, absolutely, by the way, this is just a story, okay? This is testimony. Um, All of a sudden, I find, this is the sensation I had, it's hard to explain. I felt like I was no longer in my body, and I felt like I was sitting about right up in the middle of the in the roof there. And I was looking at the stage from that vantage point, and I was seeing the worship, team worship, and I was, I remember looking, I was looking at myself, and I was not consciously singing or playing guitar, but away the, away the worship went. It just kept, kept going. And I looked out at, at the group of people that were gathered here that day, and, and I had the most overwhelming sense of awe and just this, it, you can't describe it, but just glory, just going up to the heavens, just glory going up to the heavens. And then I felt this presence, didn't see anything, felt this presence, and I know it was the Lord. It was right beside me, and he said, you see that? You continue to give your heart to me, and don't worry about yourself. See, you're not even leading worship right now. That's me through you. 
I don't need you. You keep letting me use you, and glory will be coming to me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and then I was, and then, and then I found, I was like, wow, wow. And it was one of the most powerful things in my life. One of the most powerful. And I can't explain that to you, and I won't ever prescribe that to you. But it is a reality that we, in Christ, have every blessing in that heavenly place. When we lived in, when we lived in Castlegar, it was, a, it was a hard time when we first moved there. Uh, we missed, um, for those of you who are visiting, we were, my wife and I, we were part, she grew up in this church. I was here for a number of years, and then we moved away for a few years to BC. Uh, first little bit there, we desperately missed people here. I remember thinking, I just wanted to go to Boston Pizza with Chris Jansen so badly because I was missing friends. And, um, and Leah was really missing family. You guys know the Churchills, many of you, Grant and Bev, who are here. And, and we were missing family, and, and Leah was in a funk, and, we just, and she, she was getting depressed, and it was not good. And uh, it was a really, really hard time. But we knew that the Lord had called us there. And so for a while, she was that way, and, and we just attributed it to moving away and all this. But she was walking into the dollar store, couple little kids in tow. She was just done, just felt like this, just gross was just following her. And she just, Jesus told her, you have a demon following you. And so she literally just out loud, parking lot on the way in, just said, go away. And it flipped, it switched. She was fine. I'm not prescribing that, once again, for everybody who deals with depression or anxiety or those things. That's not. But in that instance, it was a spiritual battle. And we have authority because Christ, in Christ, not on your own, not on your own, in Christ. In fact, that's what this whole chunk is saying if we read it. It says, we have these blessings even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So blessings in Christ, we are chosen by God. We are chosen by him. And now this is the point where a very divisive topic often comes up in the church, which is the topic of, if, if you're there, predestination and all of those, Calvinism, Arminianism, that, stuff like that. I think it's an unnecessarily divisive topic. I will say that. Uh, I think it's a worthwhile conversation and something to study and pray about and, uh, and uh, really good, but we're not going to get into that this morning. Um, what I think this is just, I don't think that's what Paul was trying to like, make sure you figure out that. He's saying that you're blessed. God chose you. God chose you in Jesus. From before the world began, he knew that Jesus was coming to be our Savior. And he chose you in Jesus. He chose you in Jesus. Another blessing is that we are holy and, bl and blameless. He chose us that we should be holy and blameless before him. Who is holy and blameless here on their own? No, not a one of you. But in Christ, we are holy and blameless before the Father. That's mind-blowing. 
this holy God who is to be feared above all. We get to stand before him and he sees us as holy and blameless. If you believe that, that's going to affect how you come to the Father. That's going to affect how you come to God and how you treat other people as well and how you live that out. It says, in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself. And so we're adopted into a family. We belong to him. He loves us. I love, <laughs> I just love adoptive families. I just think it's so cool. I just like, yeah, we chose you. We want you in our family. Now, those of you who are in non-adoptive families, it's not like, oh, we're stuck with you. <laughs> You just so happen to be here. Funny how that works. No, but I just love the, that picture of adoption and how special that is that the creator of the universe would want to call you a daughter, would want to call you a son in Christ. In Christ. And it's to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. That's verse 6. It's to God's praise. It's to his praise. Thank you, God, for adopting us into your family. It says that we're redeemed. It says that we're redeemed in, in him in Christ, remember, everything is, has to be in Christ. In him, we have redemption through his blood. The old isn't anymore because of his blood. We've been redeemed. The forgiveness of our trespasses, sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. A few weeks ago, I told you, God lavishes his grace, and it's kind of like, a six-year-old grabbing the syrup bottle at, uh, at the breakfast table, and you got some pancakes or John Jonker, <laughs> and, um, and just lavishly pouring it on those pancakes. Well, I confess, this Saturday, yesterday, um, we were having pancakes in the morning, and Nora, she's my six-year-old, she grabs the syrup bottle, and I was like, whoa, 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 let me do that for you. And I just put a little bit on there. And I remembered, I thought about that passage. And I thought, I better put a little bit more on there. <laughs> God is good, amen? <laughs> He's so good. He lavishly pours grace upon us. And it's according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. So there's always God's plan to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. We're united with God. God, who is spirit, we're united with him. We sang that he dwells in us, right? We sang that. We know that. He dwells in us. We get to be united and with each other. All things united in Christ, in heaven and on earth are united. Jesus, when he was praying for the church, 
In John chapter 17, he prayed that the church would be one as he and the Father are one. The same way that Jesus and God the Father are one, he wants us to be as well. And that happens in Christ. In Christ. In humility before Christ. That's good. Is that good? I think that's real good. (laughs) That we can be united with God and with each other. We prayed for it this morning. Apart from Christ, what are we left with but division and fighting for ourselves and, and a hopeless eternity? But in Christ, we are united with God and each other. And it's beautiful. And then it ends with this. In him, so in Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And so, a blessing in Christ, we are sealed with the Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit this morning? Don't be shy. It's nothing to be ashamed of. How many of you know the Holy Spirit here this morning? Well, then praise the Lord. Seriously, he sealed us for our inheritance in Jesus, in Christ. And the whole point of all of this is this grace that he's lavishly poured out upon us, that he chose us. And these all these things that we're saying we are, but it's all about him in the end. It's the Father who set this in motion, and it's in Christ that we, it is realized and it is possible, and it's through the Holy Spirit filling us that we can experience and step into this new life in this age and in the age to come. We will, let me read that again. Where is that verse? This verse 21. Far above Jesus is set it, rule and authority and power and dominion above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. This is now. Jesus is there. We're seated with him now in this age. And we got a lot to go and do. This changes everything. This changes everything for us. And I want to invite us. I want to invite us to to have an expectation and a desire to see the work done in the heavenly places. Because that is where... In, in chapter 6, that is where work is done. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, principalities, powers of darkness in this world, in this age, in the heavenly places. So we don't look at our neighbor and we say, oh, that guy is just driving me nuts. I just want to clock him. You can have a conversation politely, but pray, most importantly, and bless that person. 
But this changes how we live. This changes how we live our life. And that's why Paul is, Paul is starting with this. And it starts with worship of God because this is all true. And I'm just inviting you to believe that it's true. And ask God that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, opened, opened to this. I, I will not stand before you. Heaven forbid I ever stand before you and try to offer something that's not out of this word and extra biblical. I share testimony because God does move in ways outside of his Bible in our lives, and you all know that. But it's this word, and I invite you today. Well, let's just bow our heads right now. I invite you. And I don't want you to do anything for anybody sitting beside you. But I know there's some in this room that question that guarantee of the inheritance in Jesus. There's some in this room that question that they have every spiritual blessing in Christ. And you haven't known the Holy Spirit working on you. Because he makes us new. So I invite you right now. Yes, Lord, move in hearts right now. Just right now before God, just say, God, I need you. Sometimes you just need to surrender. Sometimes you just need to say, you know, I don't, I don't have it all figured out, but God, I trust your word, and that's faith. Say, God, I need you. I surrender my life to you because you're so good. Lavishly pouring grace. Lord Jesus, come. May we be in Christ. May we abide in you. May we remain in you. You are the vine. We are the branches. Lord, I'm reminded of the ten virgins and the lamps that were going out and some that had oil. Lord, right now, guys, if you want oil, ask Jesus right now. Say, Lord, I pray for the oil of your Holy Spirit. Lord, pour it out. You promised Jesus. You said, God is a good father, and how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We believe, Jesus, that you are raised from the dead, that you are seated at the right hand of the Father, that all power and glory are due you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we get into this book, as we get into our lives, you want to change us and transform us by the renewing of our mind and our hearts and our actions that our worship would be our life. We can't do that on our own strength. We can fake it for a while, but we will stand before you one day. We will stand before you, not before the person sitting next to us, but God, the Holy One, And we will have to, you will know all things. We will have to answer. 
So from the heart, Lord, we surrender. We ask that you'd open our eyes to see the battles that are happening around us. We wouldn't get caught up in petty other things, but that we would have one heart, one mind, one Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just respond to the Lord in your heart right now, really. Just maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time, just ask him for more. Lord, give us faith to believe what you say in your word. You know where we read in the prophets, his thoughts are not ours and his ways are above ours. You know what it's talking about? It's talking about his grace. If you read that passage, it's talking about his grace. We could do, it's just hard to understand his grace. You don't have to sit there and just feel awful about yourself and shame and condemnation because in Christ, those who are in Christ, there is no longer any condemnation for them. So, Lord Jesus, I pray for a heart of repentance where it's needed, right here, right now. Heart of repentance right here and right now. Why leave this place without the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places? <laughs> 